we as an industry were driving towards a cliff and the HCM and, ed- and, and education tech vendors are competing over who offers better tire pressure. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Ben here. Welcome to the conversation today. We've had a lot of new listeners lately commenting on the show, sharing, and I just want to say welcome to you. If you're new, if you've been around for a while, hey, appreciate you as well. If you are one of those people who shared an episode with a friend or a coworker, I really appreciate it. That's the best way for the show to grow and help more people and taking an active role, commenting on it, liking it, sharing it with friends. That's a, that's a great way to make that happen. So I appreciate you if you've done that. If you haven't yet, pick out your favorite episode, share it with a friend who also might enjoy that. Today's discussion is going to be a good one. I don't do a lot of talks on what's next, what's in the future, things like that, because I'm very much grounded in the fact that you, if you're an HR leader, have problems you need to solve today. Let's not spend a lot of time talking about what's going to happen next year if it's not going to help you right now. However, today's discussion is a little bit different because Drawer from Velocity Network Foundation, I talk about this effort they're working on that spans many years. It's a big effort, but it's worthwhile. You'll understand more when we get into the conversation why that is, but it's something I'm hearing more and more from employers that they want to know about. They need to solve this problem. We need skills data. We need to know who our people are. We need to know what they have available, what their strengths are, so we can tap into their expertise and leverage the things that they bring to work that they're excited about. Let's tap into that expertise that they bring. But one of the challenges is we don't always have that insight. We don't always know what they can do, what their capabilities are. And so I've been talking this year a ton about skills and their, their availability, the, re, the skills as a resource of the business. Two weeks ago, I actually led a talk on the business risk of unverified skills data, right? Very timely. So I'm talking about this a lot. And this, this is a great conversation to be able to dive into and understand more about what's happening in the market and to bring you into that conversation a little bit as my, you know, unofficial, um, unofficial group of friends here listening to the podcast because I want you to see what else is happening in the skills from a skills perspective and help us to understand why that matters. So skills are part of the bigger conversation around organizational agility, for instance, how well companies can can move and react and shift and change in response to what's happening in the world. Last week, we actually ran a live event announcing some new research on the impact of HR technology on organizational agility. That's been so much fun to dig into. For example, My hypothesis when we started this study was that there is a connection between that research and organizational agility. Sorry, there's an impact between the technology you're using and agility from a business perspective. And the research actually bore that out. We're going to have an episode coming up very soon to dive into that in more detail. But as an example, piece of data we found, 97%, which is pretty wild to get that statistically, but 97% of the companies that say they are ready for what's next, they're ready for the future, they're agile, they're, they're ready to, to change and adapt. 97% of those companies said that their HR tech enables that for their firm. Those companies that said they were not future ready, they were six times more likely to say the technology they're using to support their HR side of the house limits their ability to be agile as a business. So clearly a connection there. And other speaking at events, I had the 
honor of co-moderating a panel last week on anti-racism. That was tremendous. Uh, just an amazing opportunity to interact with and learn from so many great speakers, experts, panelists. That was tremendous. Uh, that event was with People Strategy, and I'm thankful for them to for allowing me to be part of that. Just a, just a tremendous experience. I'm speaking later this month, actually, on learning in the age of social distancing. How learning is changing, how we need to look at ways to align learning with the way our employees naturally learn. The actual neuroscience, the biological principles that govern how our brains operate, looking at how to tie learning in with those things and learning, again, in a more remote work environment for many companies. And in a special hybrid event I'm doing next month, I'll actually be driving to Baton Rouge to talk about corporate culture, how to emphasize that in a remote work environment. I'm driving there, but we're also broadcasting this for a larger audience outside that area. So I'm so excited. So many really interesting and fun things going on. And now on to discussion today, enough announcements. So Drawer and I actually dig into the importance of having clear, unbiased, and accurate skills data on our candidates and on our employees. We talk about why that's a challenge. We talk about how we can solve it with this big picture perspective. Again, major initiative. I'm so excited to, to dig into this and you'll hear it in my voice probably in the conversation. I'm nerding out on this because it's so much so exciting to think about what this opportunities this unlocks for employers as we start to get this right. Now, on with the show. Hey everyone, this is Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human, and I'm really glad to have you here. Uh, one of the conversations I've been having with different talent leaders over the last few years is around data access, data portability, how do we know what the skills are of our people? And it's been kind of a challenge to solve because not no one company, no one technology had the answer for that. And so I'm excited to have a conversation today with Dror Gurevich, make sure I get that right, sir. Um, he's the CEO of Velocity Network Foundation. They're working to solve this problem. And so I'm really excited to dig into this, understand more about what they're doing and, and how they're tackling that. So Dror, welcome to the conversation, sir. Great to be here. Thank you for, for having me. Absolutely. So before we get too deep into the conversation, can you give the audience a little bit of background on who you are and what you do? So uh, all the leadership of the Velocity Network Foundation uh, comes from uh, uh, deep into the HCM uh, tech market. Uh, me personally, I've been, uh, I've spent uh, roughly 25 years in Asia tech before I've uh, founded Velocity Network. And uh, I was the founder and managing partner uh, for one of the largest Asia tech system integrators in the EMEA region, along with uh, a couple of great partners. And a couple of years ago, we stumbled into this idea and opportunity and uh, the rest is history. Excellent. So you've been around the space for a while. You know all the players. You probably yeah. know where the bodies are buried a little bit too. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the idea. Let's talk about what Velocity, the foundation is, what it does. Um, what's the purpose behind this? And um, I guess we'll, we'll start with the purpose a little bit and we'll, we'll dig into some more practical applications of the work that you and the team are doing. Great, great. So, so let's start with, with the problem we're working on, right? So, so just a broad perspective to give us the right context. So, so we all been here, we've all been in this space a long time and we're all aware of the mega trends for the future of work and the fourth industrial revolution. Those create skill shortages, accelerated turnover, uh, the rise of the contingent workforce and the gig economy, 
All these drive a volatile and disruptive labor market, and they drive employers to elevate their game in this space. Now, according to a recent study by Corn Ferry, by 2030, there will be $8.5 trillion in unrealized revenues due to shortage of talent. That, that's, that's huge, right? And on the workforce side, on the individual side, uh, even the more conservative estimations say hundreds of millions will, be, will see their job being eliminated by AI, machine learning, computer vision, robotics, automation, and these millions will have to switch occupational categories or be left out of the job market. So the market as we see it is throwing money at HR tools, searching for ways to mitigate this, these trends of the future of work and find ways to transform the workforce, make people more productive, and overall elevate the employment game. And as artificial intelligence solutions in the HR develop, there is also an expectation to see incredible new opportunities to, to leverage career data, further increasing its importance and value. But all the, what we would say at the Velocity Network Foundation is that all this tech is practically useless if the data layer under the, underlying the labor market remains broken. Right, career credentials, career data, career records, uh, individual career profiles are the key to sustaining labor market efficiencies to all employment-related processes, from hiring to job matching to learning and development, engagement, benefits, compensation, and, and, and of course, compliance. All these processes are all based on people's career history and credential data. Now, it has been widely recognized that individuals, resumes, LinkedIn profiles, and any other self-reported career records cannot be taken as a trustworthy source of information with over 50% of resumes showing misrepresentations in education, uh, career uh, history, references, credentials, skills, and so on. Yet, we still rely on these self-reported records as the source for data that drive um, employment-related processes. So the fact that this data cannot be trusted literally cripples all efforts towards a true digital future for the uh, employment market. And by the way, it poses a huge risk to these uh, uh, investments in HR tech. Because at the end of the day, with all the digital tools and smart algorithms, most employers are forced to use 100-year-old processes, manual, to perform background checks, and that adds a lot of friction to a market in dire search of, of efficiency. So th does this uh, resonate with you? It does. It's a real problem. And actually, I, I was delivering a webinar just this week on and talking about how self-reported data, it's really easy and quick to get that, but it's also very suspect and biased, likely, because we're not good. Even if you're trying to be accurate, you're not a good judge of, of what, you, what you can do or what others can do. And so those sources we're using most commonly are not, should not be as trusted as they are. But until now, there hasn't been something, something more comprehensive or better for us to really point to, I would say. Yeah. So, so, so we have a $5 billion market for background checks globally, or a $17 billion market if we address the larger resume screening services market. 
that are the direct result of this broken data layer currently underlying the global labor market. And by the way, it takes several weeks, right? The tight job market requires employers to make an offer quickly and, and, and onboard new hires uh, as soon as they find them or risk losing them to competitors. Uh, and also with a new vision for the elastic enterprise, as they call it, where you bring contingent skills to your team on an uh, as-needed basis, it doesn't make sense to run a, uh, a couple or several weeks long process for, for a contractor that is then needed for a couple of weeks work, right? So, so this data, this broken data layer is the elephant in the room that nobody speaks about, right? And the way I see it, we as an industry, and, and, and I see myself as part of the HCM industry, we're driving towards a cliff and, and the HCM and, ed, and, and education tech vendors are competing over who offers better tire pressure uh, <laughs> instead of, you know, instead of, 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 of acknowledging the fact that with this broken data layer, everything that we build on top is completely inefficient and almost useless. So, 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 so this, is where, this is where we started our journey. Right. This is where. Um, and by the way, if we look at, you know, when it comes to data employers have on their current employees. Right. You might say, hey, but, you know, with, with regards to internal uh, talent, the situation must be better. Right. But it's even worse. Organizations have made significant progress in their ability to manage data regarding their employees, but individual may divide their time working for two or more employers. We call that a portfolio career. Or take gig assignments and move between jobs more frequently than ever, or take development courses, uh, training outside the organization. And this, and, 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 and there, in this environment, no single employer has the holistic picture of the individual uh, that is needed to drive talent mobility and efficient use of skills and so on across the uh, enterprise. So, 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 um, so even if we look at, at, at the situation with regards to internal mobility and internal um, efficient use of talent, we see many, many uh, employers prefer to hire from outside because they have background checks in this uh, process uh, and, and other sources of, of data than mobilize resources from within, which, which, is, which, is, which is a huge loss for, 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 for both the, the individual and the organization. Yes, absolutely. More risk, but also there's a lot of data that show yep. hiring from outside can cost you more money. They don't perform as well, depending on the studies you look yep. at. So there's a, there's a lot of data points that say we should absolutely be looking internally. And the, the challenge to that is other than the handful of people that I know personally in the business, most companies don't yep. have any deeper insights into someone besides their job title. Uh, you know, in the HR yeah. system, that's, that's the, the depth of yeah. the insight they have into some person and their capabilities. And that's, that quickly becomes limited when you're trying to build a team or trying to stand up something using certain skills. Totally agree. So, so this is where the Velocity Network com comes in, right? Uh, the network aims to solve these problems uh, and, and some of the most critical challenges for the future of work, while, by the way, addressing the growing need for data privacy and security, right? Uh, it's powered by blockchain and deployed across a network of um, uh, 
uh, HCM and education tech data processors that enable hundreds of thousands of employers and education organizations uh, to, uh, to uh, issue, um, 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 verify, and inspect digital credentials. So the network makes it possible for people to claim, own, and privately store their career credentials, including verified education, projects, work history, skills, talent, assessments, and so on and so forth. And then they can choose with whom they share this information and how others can use this data, right? So, so imagine you have your digital wallet, you have authorities that can be employers, educators, uh, trade associations, licensors, um, assessment vendors, anyone that can say something about your career. They issue these credentials to the individual's device. The credential sits on the individual device stored privately, backed up to their household backup service. And then the individual can share that, those uh, credentials with any uh, third party inspector, as we call them, that, uh, would, that they wish, right? Now, at the same time, these inspectors, those employers and educational institutions would be able to rely on trusted and immutable applicant or or candidate or, or student or employee information, depending on their relationship with the individual, uh, effectively achieving significant reduction in time and cost associated with talent processes, reducing risk through decisions that are based on reliable data, and of course, meeting com you know, global compliance requirements with regards to negligent hiring and so on and so forth. So from an individual's perspective, because you and I are talking about the value from a company perspective, but you just started delving into the individual piece there. If I am, mm -hmm. you know, average employee at, at a company and I decide I want to go somewhere else, the data that is stored about the training classes I've taken, other assessments that tell what my skills are and validate those things, that, en that enables the velocity enables that person to take that information with them if they're going to go and apply it to another company instead of just saying, well, you can go and look at my resume. You can see these other things that are actually validated. They're verified. They're immutable. To use this term you use. Yeah. And they can yeah. use that, that information to shop around when they're looking for a new employer. Is that the, the biggest use case that you see for this, for the individual person is being able to, to carry that with them and, and use it for, for keeping track of their career accomplishments and progression? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So if you're an individual, you'll be in control of your career data uh, and with whom you share it with, right? And by providing potential employers, recruiters, education vendors, service providers with access to your data, your skills, your training, your work history, your experience, you can, these can, can, can be swiftly translated into genuine value in the labor market, right? And you can access better career and development opportunities. This is what's in it for the um, for the individual, right? Um, but, but, you know, if, if we look at it from a broader perspective, we see a world in which every person privately owns a digital portfolio of their career credentials and use it to access personalized career and development opportunities at the time it matters, right? Because breadth of, of individual career data and the free flow of it are, are, the, are, are the key to personalized guidance and better opportunities. Now, currently, Individuals share their resumes with prospective employers when they apply for a job. 
right? In the best case, they update their LinkedIn profile on major career events. So we get a snapshot every now and then of what's going on, right? If we were to have a continuously updated picture of the individual's career records that will be fed constantly by the issuers of credentials, the result would be what we call a movie rather than a set of discrete static picture. Now, as a result, we could begin to see a broader context and trends over time. Data, the individuals could, could use their, their data um, in a richer and more meaningful way than today, guiding them as they develop and manage their career. That is tremendous. That is amazing yeah. to think about that that idea. I, I remember the days when I worked, you know, as a as an HR leader in the trenches, and you'd have people come in for interviews, and they'd bring this this booklet, and for some jobs like engineering things yeah. like that. I have people that would come and bring a booklet of all these training classes they've been through to try to prove like, no, no, I've, here's my qualifications. Here's what I've done. But it's, it's a, it shows that they've sat through a class. It doesn't prove what they've actually, what their actual capabilities yeah. are. And so I love the idea yeah. of this actually having a clear, accurate picture of those things that that person, again, that's a key piece of this too, is that person owns and can share with whom they choose. So they, they have some control over that. Cause right now it's, it's, it's completely out of the control of the individual. It's in the company's hands. It's in the vendor's hands. It's in someone else's. And the data is about that individual. And until now, there hasn't been a way for them to feel any ownership over that. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, now there, are, there are, the use cases are, are, you know, are all over the spectrum, but, but this rich, verifiable career profile will allow employers of all industries Right, to make better talent decisions, mobilize skills within instead of sourcing them from the market. If we take healthcare workers, for example, that are unable to work, uh, to begin work until verification for licenses and certification is received, that could be days of lost work and lost resources, right, to, to provide uh, patient care. That will be uh, resolved through a, the digital. Uh, exchange of verifiable career credentials. Same for workforce in other regulated industries. Uh, another example is that it takes weeks when an individual applies to renew or update their uh, commercial driver's licensing because the processes require the state for manual time-consuming job uh, of validating paper-based documents. And there are 1.6 million long-haul truckers in the U.S. So imagine the impact on supply chain uh, for for these delays in 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 in, in credentials, and and you know one of my favorite use cases are refugees, immigrants, and displaced populations that are unable to verify their past experience and skills, so they must settle for the lowest level of jobs. Now they will have access to their digital portfolio of, of career credentials from anywhere they are, and they will be able to present their digital verifiable career credentials and access career opportunities uh, um, uh, much more efficiently and effectively. So, so the, the, the prospects and the impact for, for that internet of careers, how we call it, the Velocity Network, are huge, huge. It's a, it's a, it's a real uh, transformation of, of the, the, the way that we uh, share credentials across the labor market, and it's a complete new utility layer that will underlie the global labor market. And, and by the way, 
the existing velocity network members thus far, those organizations that have already um, joined and working to integrate their, their platforms and applications to the network, they, they, they process career records for roughly 1 billion individuals, right? Uh, when we launch, these records would be offered to these individuals as verifiable credentials, stacked and owned by them, and for them to use as they navigate through the, the, the stormy waters of our current labor market. <laughs> now, now, amongst the members, we can find SAP, right? Uh, Oracle, Ultimate Software, Randstad, Cornerstone, National Student Clearinghouse, Samtoto, Upwork, ZipRecruiter, Corn Ferry, um, Aon, SHL, Hyrite, these are the largest, these are the titans of the HCM and education tech industry. And they represent roughly 24% of the global HCM market. And the membership is growing rapidly. So, so this is going to be the de facto internet of education as more and more uh, vendors and organizations will be um, uh, joining and, and basically using these protocols and this infrastructure to, um, to uh, share, issue, revoke, inspect uh, credentials. That is tremendous. And that is a, that's a powerhouse list already uh, of members that are participating in this. Um, so tell me about how far this has come, because I believe the announcement, the, the formal launch of this, I want to say it was earlier this year, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, I'm curious how far it's come, what this, what's, how, how much of this is reality today versus still we're, we're still working to get this actually rolled out. I'm kind of curious where that status is. Okay. Um, so, um, so we, we've deployed our test net, right. And have most of the, these uh, industry Titan companies uh, developing their integration to the velocity network. This October we'll be deploying our experience center, which is, a multi-vendor environment that demonstrates for the first time seamless interoperability across, across dozens job market participants and show the expected real-life experience for individuals, organizations, and an educational institution in this new world of self-sovereign verifiable career credentials. By the way, in ways not, not demonstrated uh, yet. Our commercial launch is expected for uh, Q2 2021, and and as we as, as I said, many of the larger multinational HCM and education vendors are in process of joining the network, and we expect to see this community of participants growing rapidly towards the launch next year. We're also launching a developer community, by the way, um, uh, towards the end of this year that will that will target smaller HCM and EdTech companies that wish to develop applications and use cases on top of the Velocity Network. Uh, so this is where we are, uh, and it's a real thing. It's, it's uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's not, this is not a PowerPoint foundation. It's a, it's a real thing. The tech stack is there. The uh, founding members and, and, and core participants are there. And, uh, you know, it takes a village. There are hundreds of people from, across the foundation, from across the uh, member companies that are working towards deploying this uh, next year. That is tremendous.
Yeah, I am. Um, I said it a minute ago, but you don't get that list of that list of companies to sign on if there's not something behind this. So there's not real real momentum, and it's not going to be a, a solve a real problem, right? They've got other things yeah. to do. So that's already a testament to the value that you're you're going to be providing. Wow. And I'm really excited to see it come to fruition and continue to evolve and and bring things in. You've you've mentioned touching on things like the student clearinghouse and ed tech. Yeah. That's the thing I'm curious to see us bridge the gap too, because it's it's there's always been once you, until you get to the workforce, we know virtually nothing about you as an individual. Yeah. We can start building that up about your profile, your, your experience, your resume, things like that. But people typically have something prior to that, even if it's small odds and ends, or they get, they get some kind of, um, they get a degree, whatever else. And to be able to pull those things together and have that in a, in a clear picture for someone, again, not just saving time because that there's value in that, but also having, having some trust there so that, there's less, there's mistrust is never good in the, in the relationship for hiring anyway. So yeah. anyway, yeah. that's yeah. exciting to see those, those being bridged with something like this as well. So, so we're targeting K-12 credentials to be on the Veloc oh. network as well. And we're working towards that. So it will be K-12 moving to the university or, or any four year uh, education or straight away to the labor market, bridging between, you know, building new, pathways uh, from education to, to employment. Uh, it's a huge vision. And, and by the way, I don't, wanna, I don't want us to miss the, the, one of the core concepts of what we're doing. Uh, because from the beginning, it was clear to us that this sensitive infrastructure cannot, cannot be controlled by no single entity. Much like the internet, it should be uh, a free public uh, uh, utility layer that is, that is open for all participants, for all stakeholders in the labor market. Because we now have decades of evidence that, that show that how centralized proprietary platforms uh, follow a predictable life cycle. They start with a compelling vision of making the world a better place, but, but when they get too big, this is when we start to see user rights violations and, and malicious behaviors and so on. And we cannot avoid that, right? Now, we wanted the internet of careers, as I said, to be a public utility governed democratically with the right checks and balances. And this is where the Velocity Network Foundation enters, right? The Velocity Network Foundation is a nonprofit organization um, and its mission is to govern the internet of careers, the Velocity Network. Now, the foundation exists uh, to govern the use of the network by all, all, all involved parties, all involved parties. Its executive board is elected from the general membership of participants that include diverse employment market uh, stakeholders across major tech, education tech, gig, freelance platforms, contingency workforce, job search platforms, you know, all the spectrum of stakeholders. Um, and we also work closely with governments, trade and labor association and human rights organizations to, to, to govern the network and make sure that we, 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 we create a balanced, open and public utility layer that will serve the greater good, right? So there, so, so, so there, there is no single entity that controls this infrastructure. This is why we call it the intent of careers. 
Yes. But as I'm talking here, I can hear the passion in your voice. And that's, that's one thing that I picked up from you when you said your favorite use case, for example, was about serving refugees and individuals that, that don't have any control of their situation, but they end up here and they want to work by helping support, support them through a, a career record that employers can look at and see what kind of experience they have, what kind of capabilities they have. And I could tell that piece of it, right. That's already seeing those kinds of use cases. You can start to understand how this can impact on a bigger picture. Obviously right. any company that hears this and is like, Hey, that would be great to have the data on our people and see those skills and have that, you know, bring somebody in or hiring someone to see their skill data from another employer and be able to verify that. Those are great things. We start thinking about the bigger picture at, you said, K-12 education, other things like that, other touch points. That's what I think separates this from other, other attempts to try to get better at just cataloging the skills of the marketplace or looking at labor market intelligence. Those things don't go quite deep enough to the personal level. And that's what excites yeah. me about this is really seeing it touch individual lives and, and all these, you said over a billion people are being served by the, the founding members. And that's just the, the founding group so far, who knows how far that's going to extend as you continue to, to roll this out. But that excites me to think about those, you know, that, that billion people potentially getting, getting the support of this. And that's, that's incredibly exciting. Yeah. So, so the situation now where my data resides in some data processor uh, uh, data store and I can't and, and, and I'm not the owner of my data, although it's my data. I think that in five, 10 years, it would sound to us insane. Right. Just insane. It's crazy. And uh, and the Velocity Network will enable a situation where I will have a self-sovereign wallet with all of my career data in it and I can carry it, I can carry it away and share it with whomever I want, right? Um, and and that's, that's the future. So if someone's listening to this conversation today and they are as enthralled as I am with the possibilities and they're excited about it, What's the best way to learn more about what the foundation's up to and, uh, and uh, the progress you're making, things like that? So, so we, the foundation has a website packed with information, including uh, a long white paper that covers everything one would want to know about the Velocity Network. Uh, it's velocitynetwork.foundation. Very easy. And there are, there are tons of material there, are videos, interviews, a uh, very uh, active blog, uh, uh, a long list of, uh, of, of uh, frequently asked questions and, and, and uh, that, that would, would enable anyone that wants to learn more to um, get on board uh, very quickly. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That was, that was tremendous. I'll make sure and get that link to the, to the website in the show notes. So if someone wants to check that out and go deeper, they can do that. I want to say thank you so much. Drawer, we, we appreciate your passion. I do for sure. We appreciate your passion for this topic though. And for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Yes, sir. To everyone else, I hope you were inspired as well by today's discussion. We'll catch you next time here on We're Only Human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com. Hold up. 